Hello, I'm Tom Kelly, and welcome to Factory Reboot, a podcast focused on Industry 4.0. If you like what you hear, you can follow Factory Reboot on SoundCloud, iTunes, or at automationalley.com forward slash factory reboot. You can also follow us on Twitter at Automation Alley. As you've heard me say on this podcast before, automation is disrupting everything, not just manufacturing, but all industries. Today I am joined by Ian Sefferman, a Techstars Seattle alum and software entrepreneur, formerly with Amazon and currently with Tune, a mobile marketing platform. Welcome, Ian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, happy to have you here. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself, Ian, and, uh, and your area of expertise. Yeah, so uh, I grew up here in, in Michigan, outside of Detroit, I, uh, and then I, I slowly moved west. So I started with school in Chicago, then I made my way out to uh, Seattle for Amazon, where I worked as a software engineer in sort of the cross-section of two different areas. The first is personalization, which mm-hmm. is, you know, Amazon for uh, for because you bought this, we thought you might like that. That's sort of their personalization world. And then the the second is their marketing technologies world, which was like things like email marketing or their affiliates or SEO, SEM, anything that drove traffic to their website. Uh, and that that personalization piece was sort of the, uh, the first foray that I ever had into machine learning or artificial intelligence. Then I, I, I left Amazon and I started a company which was subsequently acquired by the company I'm at today, Tune, okay. and we do mobile marketing analytics. Really ter- terrific. That's really good to, to hear. Um, based on your Amazon background, uh, I know there's a lot of listeners right now that their ears perked up when they <laughs> heard that because Amazon uh, you know, can sort of do no wrong yeah. when it comes to mobile marketing, when it comes to understanding what people want. So. Taken in that context and knowing that our listeners tend to be in the manufacturing world, focused on automation um, and robotics and some of the some of the technologies that are that they're concerned with, which again is a big Amazon thing. Um, what are some ways that companies are using automation and maybe perhaps some less traditional ways that yeah. you know of that they might be using automation? Yeah, well, maybe not even for Amazon, but just generally speaking, I like I broadly define automation. So I think I define it more broadly and perhaps more simply than most people, especially here in Michigan, which is to say anything that a computer can do that replaces a human task mm-hmm. is automation. Um, and I think obviously we're seeing machine learning, artificial intelligence be a, a, a big piece of that. Mm-hmm. I'll give you three examples of, of great companies and products that are within the automation space or what I'll I'll put into the automation space at least mm-hmm. that I think are, are so varied and interesting. So the first is a, um, a company that I'm a, a tiny little investor in through Techstars called Drone Seed, and uh, they're out in the Pacific Northwest where there's lots of timber and logging, and logging is backbreaking work, uh, very dangerous, very time consuming. And what they did was they actually built a fleet of drones that kind of looks like a drone with a, a paintball gun attached to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And when you've logged a, a, a particular area, you can have this fleet of drones fly up and they'll basically shoot down new seeds uh, into the into the grass. Wow. And then they also spray to keep the weeds off so that the, the seeds actually grow. Um, and that like fantastic use of automation turns a what would have been a you know multi-month, multi-human effort into call it a couple of days yeah, uh, right. for one person. Another example is a company called X.AI, which has a AI-powered uh, assistant to do scheduling. 
So you can send emails and they'll respond like a human uh, mm -hmm. and they'll deal with calendars and locations and things like that, um, all automated. And then wow. the third one is actually Amazon, which is, they call it Amazon Go. And uh, Amazon Go is currently is just a store for employees, but uh, obviously at some point I think their hope is to mm -hmm. open it up. It's a grocery store. You walk into, there's no cashiers, there's no checkout lines. You walk in, it knows who you are, it knows your Amazon account, thus it knows your credit cards. It sees your face, it uses facial recognition and cameras throughout the store to say, oh, Ian Sefferman just picked an apple from, from the apple bin uh, and put it into, into his mm -hmm. bag and then walk out of the store and it says he has one apple in his bag, now I can charge his credit card for that. Um, so it sort of automates the cashier and checkout process. And it's interesting they bought Whole Foods. It is. Which <laughs> it, it has a, a clientele that's used to giving their whole paycheck. Yes. <laughs> so they, they exactly. can put that kind of technology in. Exactly. Uh, I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. So as you were talking, I can imagine our listeners um, really uh, embracing the technology aspect of what you're talking about, but also in the back of their mind thinking, as all these jobs are replaced by automation, where's the connection between the humans yeah. and the automation? Because we as Automation Alley believe the path forward is automation, mm -hmm. but we're also cognizant that disruptions can be hard. So what do you do with all the, the people as they're freed up? Yeah, personally, I think that is the hardest task within the automation space in the next 10 to 20 years, like full stop. I, I think that yeah. like, the technology itself, we're, we're going to be able to figure out relatively, relatively easily. Mm -hmm. uh, but the what do we do with people is so much harder. And I think you, you know, there's. I hope to see a lot of innovation. Obviously, retraining is a really important piece of this. Mm -hmm. um, it, it'll be great because we'll, we're going to see an increase in the number of creative class employees and the number of people. Right. Hopefully, their salaries are higher. Hopefully, the work that they're doing is less dangerous and there's less injuries. Like mm -hmm. that, that's all good things. Uh, but the short-term impacts of that is hard, and, and uh, I will be the first to say I don't have the answer to that. Right. I think you see a lot of things like even basic income. What does a basic income look like to solve that? And you're hearing about that more and more. Mm -hmm. And I, I think for a state like Michigan, who lived through the invasion from China and Mexico, you were actually steeled a little bit to change and to understanding how manufacturing is going to change. Yeah. And we've already been through the automation cycle, if yeah. you think about it. There's more automation occurs in Michigan than any other state in the union. And so we understand what that means. And I think going forward, um, you will find that, um, you know, Michigan, because we went through that, we don't have near the market share around the globe that we used to have. Mm -hmm. So if we automate and you get really competitive on the global stage, jobs accrue back to Michigan. Mm -hmm. They may be impacted somewhere else. Maybe China and Mexico actually feel a re-leveling yep. of the playing field. So it's not a zero-sum game where everybody loses. Yep. So uh, we have to embrace automation. I, I, you, you hit a, upon that so so well. I, I, I'm, I'm such a believer that the disruption will happen because of automation. We might as well be the ones in the state of Michigan to benefit from that. Um, it's not an if, it's a when. And so somebody is going to benefit from that you know, I, I think you, you see this on, on multiple levels, but we're actually competing with Silicon Valley on a lot of things right now, right? Autonomous yeah. vehicles, we're competing with Silicon Valley on 
automation as a whole we're competing with Silicon Valley on. I think that we should we should be the ones to win that. So so based on what you just said, and, and by the way, you know, there's we got two guys here drinking the Kool-Aid. So hopefully <laughs> our <laughs> listeners are also going, hey, I, I see how we could win. Um, how does Michigan capitalize on all of these trends that you're seeing? And you actually have a lot of experience in this. What are you seeing, and how do we how do we win? How, well, how, what does Michigan do? So remember, my lens is from the software side of the world. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I think that's a particularly important side of the world. It's not the only side, but I do think it's a really important side of the world. And I think the way you win in software, generally speaking, is is through supporting great entrepreneurs and founders in as many ways as you can possibly do that. So it's it's all about the people at the end of the day. This is what everything is about, right? Is bringing great, talented people to our economy and helping them succeed wherever we can. So I, I'm a, I'm a big believer that one of, one of our challenges as a as a local economy and a, and a region is that we actually we have what I call a money talent mismatch, mm-hmm. which is that we actually have a lot of money here. There's a, there's a very sizable amount of, of financing available. It tends to be things like older money or private equity, things like that, or they're trying to put to work a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, the talent that you need to start software businesses in particular is much, like they're not looking for that type of money. They're looking for people who have who have built software businesses before. They're looking for people who are trying to put to put to work a million dollars, not $50 million. Right. A little um, farther down the risk curve. Exactly. Maybe, right? Exactly. A little, little, little less risky, but a little more sure and a little more money that they can put to work. Yeah, okay. yeah. So so I think that, that money-talent mismatch that, that we have is, is one of our big problems. I think we need to see more seed stage investors over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So I got a question for you. Um, all of your experience uh, with you know, Techstar Seattle and Amazon and some of the businesses you've started or been involved with, what brought you back to Michigan? Yeah. So, I, you know, I would be lying if I were to say that, that family did not have a part of it. Of course <laughs> it did, right? Like, I wanted to be close to family. Um, right. I have a 14-month-old daughter, and I wanted, I wanted her to awesome. be close to, to my parents and, mm-hmm. and my family as well. Um, but, you know, like, I, I think it is more than that. Detroiters love Detroit. There's, there's no question about that. That's, that's that, that we do. My, right? my wife is not from Detroit, and, and um, it's a side, right? <laughs> my, she's not from Detroit, and, and she used to think that when we were in Seattle, she was like, Ian, you have, like, a daily Michigander story. Like, literally, you meet somebody from Michigan every day. And <laughs> I would never know where anybody is from, except for people from Michigan always, like, find other people from Michigan and talk about Michigan. Like, what is, like what's going on? Doesn't uh, that say something? Yeah, exactly. You know? But but I think the other the other piece of that is that I, like, I wouldn't have moved back if I didn't think there were opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Right? And, um, and, and I think in many ways this is a, a very – mature market and in many ways this is a total greenfield and that is super interesting to see how you can blend those two together i think you can build something that's that's really spectacular over time yeah that's awesome it reminds me of a high school term paper where you started with x is a land of contrast yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and that's how you get going so uh well welcome back to michigan to detroit ian i can't wait to uh see what you do in this uh ecosystem and and how you can play a part uh, I always tell people uh, my Detroit story, my Michigan story is um, they asked me why I came. And I said, because uh, I came from, from uh, New York State, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I could have gone to Boston or Denver or, or Atlanta or all these cool places, San Jose. I was interviewing at Intel. And uh, I came to Detroit because I wanted to be a, a big fish in a little pond. Mm-hmm. 
And, and you can still do that even today. That was, I don't want to date myself, it was many, many, <laughs> many years ago. Uh, but today you can still be a big fish in a little pond and, and uh, really make an impact. And so it's, it's exciting to see. Uh, so thank you, Ian, for joining us today. Uh, and for those listening, if you like what you heard here today, subscribe to Factory Reboot on SoundCloud, iTunes, or at automationalley.com forward slash Factory Reboot. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you next time.